Hello and welcome to a podcast inspired by everyone's beloved orange and crazed marsupial Crash Bandicoot. I'm your host Dave and uh, this podcast is just going to be talking about Crash Bandicoot majority of the time. Um, I have ideas of bringing some people in every now and then for special episodes, which I'll reveal the name of later because I think... I think I'm pretty clever when it comes to naming this. Um, but yeah, so this is just going to be talking. Th- this this podcast is just going to be me talking about Crash Bandicoot, uh, how I got into it for this first episode is going to be about how I got into it, my favorite Crash game and the thoughts on the franchise as it is right now. And I, I don't know, maybe people will find this interesting. Maybe people won't, but I've wanted to do a podcast for quite some time. I love doing podcasts. I've been on the Bandicast. Me and Writers DX has midnight uh, midbyte discourse. Uh, I, I've been on quite a few podcasts. I've tried to host my own podcast every now and then, but this one's starting fresh. This is a solo podcast with you know some special guests every now and then. We'll find out a way to make this interesting. But yeah, so let's go ahead and get into how did I get into Crash Bandicoot? Now, this is a question that I've answered a multitude of times, like, and I love answering this question just simply because I don't feel like I ever get asked it enough or at all. (laughs) I mean, obviously, whenever I'm making friends in the Crash community or whenever I'm streaming in the Crash community, and someone new pops in, they're like, yo, how'd you get into Crash Bandicoot? And I just find it such a unique and interesting story. It's not as interesting as you would think it would be, because I know a lot of people share the same kind of maybe introduction to Crash Bandicoot. But I think it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Um, so I didn't get into Crash Bandicoot until I was like around the age of like six or seven. So this would be like 2005, 2006 kind of in that area of years um of time whatever you want (laughs) to you want to you want to the era of of where i got into crash bandicoot it was it was quite some time ago so yeah between 2004 2006 2007 i would say is is the time frame of when i got my first crash bandicoot game um and it just was by complete chance it was i i was sitting at home i was playing i think sonic um and then my dad got home from work and he came up to me he's like i got this for you and i i looked at it it was a case for crash bandicoot warped or crash bandicoot 3 warped um and i was like what's this and he's like i don't know it just it looks like sonic i know you like sonic uh it, it was it looks like sonic so maybe you'll like it <laughs> that's basically the general consensus um and i mean it was interesting because at the time while i was into video games and my parents knew i was into video games they didn't really know what to get me uh especially since i was it was around that time that i was actually starting to get more into video games um and they they only knew that i like sonic and that i like licensed video games and so i guess my dad just went to this 
pawn shop or this retro store, not even a retro store, but maybe a gaming store in the area because I'm sure game stores still sold PS1 games sort of in that era. Um, and he stumbled across Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped and thought that I would like it. And then he bought it for me. So, you know, shout outs to, to you, Pops, for for giving me my first Crash Bandicoot game. Um, and, I mean, you know, as the story goes, uh, I ended up playing Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. And I immediately fell in love with this deranged orange marsupial like i wanted more I, I wanted to know more um and i just i remember playing through it from beginning to end and just thinking like wow like like this is my first time stepping out of like the comfort zone of sonic uh you know spongebob battle for bikini bob spongebob revenge of the flying dutchman this is my first time stepping out of that, like that barrier that I felt like I was limited to and, and experiencing a completely like new and original thing. And I just I loved every second of it. And I mean, I I know that I sound kind of hypocritical for saying this, but like I, I really do or more so biased for saying this. But I, I do believe that after playing that. I like I couldn't look at Sonic the same way anymore. Uh there's just something unique about the gameplay loop with Crash Bandicoot where it's you know it's challenging. It can be frustrating sometimes, but it's not frustrating to the point where it makes you want to quit the game because Crash has like this unique thing about him where it's just like it's like yeah sure you can get frustrated at this one thing and you get frustrated at another thing but when you go back and play it again you're not as frustrated as you were before because it's crash you you freaking love this guy um you love breaking the crates you love spinning the enemies into the crates it's very satisfying Crate collecting is very, very satisfying with Crash Bandicoot, especially collecting the Wumpa and hearing that little, like, whatever sound they make, you know? Um, it was it was fascinating. Um, so, yes, my first Crash Bandicoot game was Warped, and that's how I initially got into Crash Bandicoot. It was just my dad taking a chance with a random game that he thought looked like Sonic and thought that I would like it because it looked like Sonic it was kind of similar concept, you know, anthropomorphic character fights, evil scientist that's trying to take over the world. That That's basically the basis of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and what you know, you know, as years go by and I, I start looking more into the development of Crash Bandicoot because I've grown to love this franchise so much. Um, in development, they, they had that joke that it was uh, Sonic's ass game because the camera was always pointed behind Crash Bandicoot, and the best way they could describe it to people was if you took the camera and put it behind Sonic, and the entire time you were looking at Sonic from behind, you'd be looking at his butt. So... <laughs> That was pretty funny. Um, so moving on to uh, favorite Crash Bandicoot game, because this is also another question that feels common that I'm asked a lot. And 
just, you know, might as well go ahead and share. So, if we're going by the different eras of Crash Bandicoot, it would go in the order of Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, then to post Naughty Dog, uh, which would we would see being universal. Uh, and that batch would lead me to love Twin Sanity. And then after that, um, post post Naughty Dog, post Universal. I didn't really like the the Minor Mutant or Titans games, so I'm sorry. But if I had to choose one variation of the games that I did enjoy from that, it would be Titans DS, just because it's so awesome. I don't think a lot of people talk about Titans DS enough, but like there's just something about that game that is just awesome because I, I don't think a lot of people look too much into it but it is actually a 3d platformer on the nintendo ds and on top of not only being able to play as crash you get to play as nina and it, it really gave me those like sonic adventure 2 kind of vibes where you get to choose or you know you get to play between the villain and the hero and i just i thought that was the coolest thing ever uh so if i had to choose my favorite game from there it'd definitely be titans ds um and then where we're at now with toys for bob uh i and you know the the uh vicarious visions games i would say um crash bandicoot 4 for sure uh, I, and I, I mean, I really do love Rumble. Don't get me wrong. Rumble, Rumble's great. I, I, I play that game back to back to back to back every single time I get a chance to. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's great. But if we're talking about of all time, that's a hard one. That's a real hard one because Crash Bandicoot Tour, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back and Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time kind of go hand in hand for me personally i know a lot of people don't really like crash bandicoot 4 it's about time because of the difficulty spike um it, 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 there are some parts that it feels unnecessarily difficult but crash bandicoot 2 it, cortex strikes back almost said it's cortex about time <laughs> um this it, it's just that that game shows that the developers knew Naughty Dog knew what Crash was supposed to be, and they, they finally figured out a gameplay loop that works well, because if you look at Crash Bandicoot, the first one, and I, I'm going to, this is a fact, and I want you to, if you've made it this far into this episode of the podcast, I want you to find someone in your friends list, or just a random person, I want you to ask them if they've ever played crash bandicoot and if they liked it or you know if they've ever played a game outside of the first crash bandicoot be more specific about that um and if they say they played crash bandicoot and they haven't played a game since the first crash bandicoot the general consensus is that i think and i believe that a lot of people play the very first crash bandicoot game and they think that oh, this is what the rest of the Crash Bandicoot games are like, you know, aside from Crash Team Racing. Um, and then they never just, they they just never play the rest of the franchise. And I've had that happen like a total of like maybe three times where I've I've expressed my like my likeness 
for Crash Bandicoot. And people were like, oh, yeah, I, I love Crash Bandicoot. I played the first game and then like I just stopped because it was too hard and I didn't want to continue the, the rest of the series. And I just feel like that's like the the most common thing for people i don't think they continue playing crash bandicoot because they heavily believe that the rest of the games are exactly like the first game um but crash bandicoot 2 where it's uh it's about cortex again <laughs> crash bandicoot door tour why, why am i saying tour crash bandicoot 2 cortex strikes back is just an insane pun intended an insane step up from crash bandicoot 1 because not only was it done a year later after Crash Bandicoot, but like it's like a completely different game compared to the first one. The first one's very limited in what they could do. So it's just, you know, hold forward, press jump, spin boxes, all that kind of stuff. But then they came out with Cortex Strikes Back and you got a slide button, you got a belly flop. The graphics look 10 times better than what it did on in the first one uh you you have like bosses that actually try to do something you have really good level design uh it's just it's so much more advanced than the first one and it's crazy to see how like quickly it evolved into something even more fun um and i just i think that crash bandicoot 2 it's about time it's it's about time i'm it is like 9 12 i just woke up and i i wanted to record an episode for the podcast so give give me give me some slack all right <laughs> but um yeah uh cortex strikes back is probably my favorite crash bandicoot game of all time just because the technical marvel that it is um but also just because it's just so much fun to replay over and over it's got like the right amount of challenge it's got like the right amount of progression it just feels perfect now i know a lot of people like crash bandicoot 3 warped and you would think that it being my first game i would like it more than two but I feel like the third game just holds your hand too much. Uh, if I'm being honest, it just doesn't feel right. And then the the vehicle and actual like platforming level ratios just feels completely off to me. And I just don't really like it that much. But um, if you're curious about the order that I played the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and I played it in backwards uh, because it wasn't until. Like a few years later, maybe I don't know, 2008, 2009, when I realized that there were more Crash Bandicoot games outside of Warped, because I don't think I knew that it was Crash Bandicoot 3 when I first started playing it. Um, but I found out there was Cortex Strikes Back and then obviously the first one. And I just went, I just went backwards. I went Warped, Cortex Strikes Back, and then I played the first one. And then that's when I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, my opinion on the, the first one has changed quite a lot since then. But back then, I did not like the first Crash Bandicoot that much. Um, but yeah, no. So shout out to you, Cortex Strikes Back. You're, you're, you're the best. Um, 
But yeah, no. So uh, I just want to say thank you if you've made it this far into the the episode. I hope what I've been talking about has been interesting to you. And if you do enjoy this, I would like to encourage you to subscribe. Click that like button if you're on YouTube. And uh, I don't know where else I'll try to publish this podcast. Uh, I'll try Spotify. I'll try Apple Podcasts. Um, and then I think there's, uh, there, 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 I think there's quite a few other podcast platforms that I could try and publish this to. So we'll see. Um, but before we, we close off this episode, there is one last thing that I feel like I want to talk about. Um, and it is thoughts on the franchise as of right now, as I know a lot of people have some concerns for Crash Bandicoot, the future of Crash Bandicoot. Um, and I just, I feel like I, I wanted to, to talk about where, what I feel about Crash Bandicoot right now and how I feel things are going to go out. Like, and I'm no expert when it comes to things, but I, I just want to give my own thoughts and opinions on something just because while I'm not a big part of the fan base, I do want to include myself in the fan base sometimes. So. Crash Bandicoot right now is in an interesting place because while we did get Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, which is a complete love letter to the original trilogy, uh, despite if the difficulty is, you know, way off to some people, it's about time continues where the trilogy left off. Um because there's like a huge time skip and whatnot, but um, I know a lot of people are skeptical because they did that, um, and some people liked it, some people didn't like it, some people said that they played it too safe, um, but now we go from Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, to Crash Team Rumble, and this is like a completely new take on multiplayer games in general and it's just a completely new take on multiplayer game when it comes to crash bandicoot um not a lot of people are enjoying it not a lot of people are liking it uh mostly because of the price tag that it has to it you look at it and you're like oh yeah this should be a free-to-play game um but i mean if i'm realistically speaking the standard edition is thirty dollars um, and the deluxe edition is $40. Uh, and if we take a look back at the, the history of Crash Bandicoot games thus far, you know, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time launched at $60. I think it's still $60 on like next gen consoles, but for PC and switch, it's like $40. Um, and then when the insane trilogy came out, that was $40. When Nitro Fueled came out, that was $40 for standard, but the digital deluxe, I believe, was $60. So, I mean, you're, you're, for the deluxe edition of Crash Team Rumble, you're pretty much buying what would be the standard edition for any of the other games that came out recently. Um, and then, like, obviously, a lot of people don't like the battle pass system. A lot of people don't like that the game has a battle pass system, which is another reason why a lot of people think that it should be free to play. But if you get standard edition, it comes with the first season for free. If you get uh, the deluxe edition, you get 
you get the first season and the second season completely free, uh, as well as a 25 level tier skip for the battle pass itself. So you don't have to grind those 25 levels. Um, I'm not sitting here trying to sell you on the game. I'm just, you know, I'm just laying down the data for people to to look at it and make their own assumptions and whatnot. Um, but a lot of people aren't really enjoying the game. A lot of people are arguing that it should be free to play. A lot of people are saying that they don't like it because it's an asset flip of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time, which, I mean, if we're being honest here, a lot of modern studios, a lot of AAA titles, a lot of a lot of game development now reuses a lot of assets going forward just because it's, it's, you know, it's easier, it's cheaper. Uh, you can call it lazy or don't call it lazy, whatever you want to, you want to call it, but that's just the way the industry is. It's easier to just go ahead and take some asset that you already had pre-built from the previous title that you worked on and put it into a new title just because it saves you a ton of work it saves you a ton of time um and you don't have to worry about budget issues like each game gets a set amount of budget and if you can just reuse assets that you know come from the previous title and it looks perfectly fine then go for it because you're saving money like you know you're, you're limited to what you can do with a new title for a new game in each franchise because you do have a set budget and if it makes more sense to save money and just reuse the assets that you had already previously created uh then go for it that's that's a good that's a good business move and a smart business move um but i mean crash team rumble itself is interesting because it is it is a multiplayer game that does something that not a lot of multiplayer games do and it's like a platforming arena type game i mean you could say moba uh if you want to be technical um, but what's interesting is that it, it puts the Crash Bandicoot formula into a multiplayer game. Like you, you're breaking crates, you're collecting gym pads, um, you're collecting Wumpa. You have all the Crash cast characters have their own unique movesets, which I find very interesting. Because not only are we getting like, you know, Crash, Coco, Tana, and Dingo Dial, um as playable characters that you know and and cortex th those five characters were already playable in crash bandicoot 4 it's about time and this game goes and improves a bunch of stuff uh about their movesets to make them more fighting capable um but you also get brand new characters like uh catbat uh femtropy has like her own like new unique moveset just recently ripperoo came out um, and we, we've got engine on the way and I just, I really think that this game is like, like, I, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on the game right now and that's fine. That's fine. But I feel like if you're someone that looks at this game and you don't see the point of it, I would much rather say to wait because for what I'm seeing be, you know, from everything that's been going on, this game potentially has the the potential i was trying to think of the word there it has the potential to to really be like this big thing um and i don't think a lot of people see it i see it a lot of people that are close to me see it but uh, i mean a lot of people on the internet don't really see it that much but i'm sure whenever the game gets later into its lifespan a lot of people will start hopping in and realizing 
like how cool this game is how cool this game will be um a lot of people are already writing off as dead a lot of people are saying that it won't last more than a year um but whatever the case may be i think that crash team rumble is is a good game and i think it has a very healthy and very big future ahead of it um but that side tangent aside uh toys for bob the company themselves is great i trust them i know they trust us um and they know what the fan base wants uh even though it may not seem like they they know they know i, I can tell that they know they're being open they're being transparent they're being very communicative with the fan base uh, releasing dev diaries, they're releasing uh, Rumble tips every Tuesday on Twitter and other social media. Uh, they're trying to be in constant contact with the fan base, even though there may be some hiccups here and there. Like, for example, when the Ripper Rui early access event happened, they didn't really state all the details for that event, um, and that kind of upset a lot of people. Um, but Toys for Bob, they're trying. I can tell that they're trying, and I respect that they're trying. Um, but the next big thing is the big scare that I've been seeing going around. And it's, I mean, if it happens, it happens, I guess. But it wouldn't make sense. Like, there's nothing about what's going, what people are pretty much doomsaying to happen. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, if you've been following the gaming news recently, uh, history has been made. Um, and I mean, like, this is actual video game history in the making. Microsoft has won the, the right to buy Activision. Um, now, they're currently waiting to, to acquire Activision because they're waiting for the UK CMA to, to go through and approve it uh, on, like, a... A negotiation that they can both come to terms with and agree with um but xbox has won the acquisition like they can acquire activision at any point in time from now to october 18th and they get all of activision but see what what's uh what's been going around is so before the recent contract deal that xbox gave to sony for call of duty there was a contract deal that they gave to sony for call of duty that included all the other activision ips um with it and this contract or this deal would have ended roughly sometime in 2027 all right now the recent deal that they got with Sony for Call of Duty is this uh is this 10 year contract. And you may be thinking why am I talking about Call of Duty when this is about Crash Bandicoot? I'll I'll circle back around to that in just a minute. But see the the issue with this contract that a lot of people started pointing out is saying that this contract only means that Sony gets only Call of Duty. All the other IPs that Activision has are up to microsoft whether or not they're going to be exclusive or not and a lot of people a lot of news sites i'm going to blame a lot of news sites here i'm not going to name any news sites but i'm going to blame a lot of news sites and i'm going to blame a lot of big tubers for for putting this kind of like irrational fear spin on things 
because a lot of people are looking at this and the headlines going Xbox could make Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and all these other IPs um console exclusive. Xbox could. Xbox could Xbox could. The keyword is could. They they yes, the contract doesn't state that they have that that they are obligated to make these IPs uh, titles for Sony PlayStation, but the they they have the the authority. They they have the option to make these different games exclusive to their console. And a lot of people are looking at this and going like, "Oh no." Oh, oh no, oh, Crash, Crash and Spyro are going to be Xbox exclusives, what, why, why are you doing this? Um, and nothing really states that they will be, and again, again, I'm not an expert when it comes to things, uh, but I'm just, I'm just thinking logically about this, if there, if there's any reason for them to make Crash and Spyro exclusive to the consoles, to, to the Xbox console, I just don't see where that you know where, where that makes sense because if we talk about the if we bring up the datas right the datas if we bring up the statistics the data um i'm not sure where people are pulling this from but i've i've read many people a lot of people have told me that crash and spyro when it comes to those games even being multi-plat they sell the worst on xbox they sell the most on playstation and switch uh but when it comes to xbox it's always the least selling platform for both of those franchises and if you think about that for a second right now it would make sense for xbox to make call of duty exclusive because call of duty is probably a top-selling platform for Xbox. It might be the second best because, you know, Call of Duty hasn't really been on Switch. But between PlayStation and Xbox, you know, it comes... It, it's a little a little bit behind, but still enough, right? Um, and a lot of sales have been going up because Xbox recently went in and fixed the, the Call of Duty servers for the Xbox versions of the Call of Duty games. Um, a lot of the older games, I should state. What I'm getting at is Xbox isn't known for platforming games. Xbox isn't the best when it comes to Spyro and Crash games being sold on the platform. I think personally, from a business standpoint, it just doesn't make sense to make a game like Crash Bandicoot or Spyro the Dragon exclusive to your platform if they are the worst selling on your platform compared to the other two platforms that you publish the games to. That's just my two cents on it. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Now, if this does happen, then, you know, I was wrong. Oh, well, I'll admit that I was wrong. But it just, just looking at it logically and realistically, it doesn't make sense. The only thing that could potentially be exclusive to Crash and Spiral on Xbox are like the the cosmetics. Like, for example, how Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time got those exclusive PlayStation skins for both Crash and Coco, as well as Crash Bandicoot, or as well as Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, where they got the exclusive 
classic course and the exclusive classic skins with the exclusive classic cart skins as well. So, I genuinely think that the series for Crash Bandicoot is in a great space. It's probably in the best space that has been in a long time, and that's just my opinion on things, how I'm looking at things, because Toys for Bob is taking the necessary steps to evolve the series, to, uh, to try new things with the series, and step out of the comfort zone. They know that they're stepping out of the comfort zone for Crash Bandicoot fans when it comes to making new games. Um, and I'm very excited to see what this this future for Crash Bandicoot entails, whether it be new characters, uh, another another spinoff title, whatever. I'm all for it, and Toys for Bob has my full support for this. But um, yeah. So that little rant aside, I think I'll call it there. That's been the first episode of. Let me know what you guys thought of it in the comments below. I guess. Um, and then I, I don't know what I'll do for the next one. We'll figure that out as we go. But, um, until next time, thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, I hope you have a womp-tastic time. Yeah, we'll, we'll end on that.